friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the MC Lars Podcast. It is Monday, August 26, 2019. This is episode 52. That's right. It's the one-year anniversary of the podcast. And to celebrate that, we have a nerdcore legend, a nerdcore luminary, a superhero of rap from Eastern Washington. I sat down with Beefy to talk about his new album, Too Big to Fail Part 2, which drops today, which I have a song on called All I Need. And uh, it's a great, great, great interview because Beefy's just such a positive guy who's been holding it down in the Northwest for years. One of the first Gen 1 rappers. We talk about this. We talk about his years doing stuff with MC Router, Doc Pop, uh, Shale Riley, who he works with on the Grammar Club. It's a really cool interview. And he also talks about some of his life advice and he talks about fatherhood and touring and just all that stuff. So really enjoy this interview. We During the podcast, we talk about playing the balloon flight version of the Grammar Club song that Ratter was on, but apparently that never officially came together. So at the end of the interview, we play their song Mint Potion with Shale Riley, Beefy, and MC Ratter, a group they had called the Triforce. So shout out to our Patreon supporters for making this podcast happen, to the new ones, Timothy, Andrew, and Sean, and to our old ones, Kevin Brew, who's produced a lot of great music. Gosh, he did um, the Ballad of Hans Molman. He produced the song with Shredder and Krang about the Technodrome blues. Kevin Brew is one of the greatest producers I know, and he's a great collaborator, and he's a super supportive dude. He's an Australian guy. The comic book assassin. Anyway, shout out to him, Lisa Bonelander, and Richard Sheldon. Thank you all for your love and support. And for just keeping it moving. Thank you. I mean, I, the podcast will never have ads, like I say, but I want to shout out the Patreon supporters who make it possible. Let's get into it. This is my interview with Beefy, Beef Thompson. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Nerdcore Luminary. He'll drink a whole tub of Tabasco. Mm. Beefy. What's up, man? Hey, Lars, baby. How you doing? You just put out a new record today. Today? So often the podcast is front-loaded, like all... Well, it's front-loaded because Frontlot was my first guest. hey <laughs> I'll interview someone, then I'll, it won't go online for four months. But this was great timing because I knew you have your new record and... I wanted to talk to you, so thank you for making time to talk, buddy. Well, absolutely. Thank you for working around my weird schedule and uh, being, being willing to hang out late night. But uh, no, I, I, I sincerely appreciate it. I'm very fortunate to uh, have this time and work out so well. You're an OG. I mean, when people talk yeah. about Gen 1 Nerdcore, the first time I met you, you probably remember that. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, it was El Corazon in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I said, Beefy, I heard your music. And you remember what you said to me? No, I probably. I probably said something cocky if I'm... You said, no, you said, I'm sorry. Ah, yes. And I was like, that is so funny because you were so like self-deprecating. But you were like one of the guys who's like stuff had stuck out with me in the rhyme tours that I thought was like awesome. And I was like, I love your music. No, I said, I heard your music. Go, I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. I'll never forget that. That's 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 my go-to. You know, you kill him with <laughs> kindness. You hit him with the joke early on. You know, I get very intimidated when I was meeting you guys for the first time. So, uh, you know, I wanted to make a good first impression. And if you yeah, had you heard did. my music first, and at that point in Nerdcore, it was not hard to stand out from the pack because the pack was not great. So it was, uh, 
you know, looking back on some of those tracks, I'm like, oh man, I, I'm sorry you spent that time with me on that. Well, it was awesome. And I, I think you played that night, didn't you? Or did you do a verse or I probably, did I, you open? I probably opened or I probably did something. It's, it's getting hazier as I get older, but, uh, yeah, I remember definitely being there. I probably got up. You know what? I think I got up. I didn't, I didn't open, uh, one of those times, but I went up with wheelie and Optimus, and we did Sick Day together, and that was awesome. And that felt like I was a big part of the show because I got to go up there and get that high energy song and performance, and that was really dope. Is that the one that goes? Is that the one that goes? Oh, oh. yep, that is yes, Something yes. Like that. It's, oh God, it's been so long. God, I uh, wait. I, I just remember uh, I would just I like the song a lot, and I he was like, Hey, yeah. you want to come up with it uh, and do the song with us? And you know, it was just a throwaway show at the high, at, like this sports bar. And I was like, I know this song really, really well. And we did it. And he was like, I, he was like, I didn't even need to give him timing and we didn't need to do anything. We just, we went up there and he just already knew the stuff. So it was it worked out. So, uh, I don't know if I could do it now cause it's been a while, but, uh, dude, we, we tore it down. It was really fun. I remember that, that, uh, that experience now very well. You did. And then you've played it with them at PAX, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, uh, was that PAX after and, this? Yeah, it was after that. And like that, that show with you guys kind of opened the doors cause, uh, we had done this, that Nerdcore documentary. I did a show at this shark club and, and Wheelie was there and front was there. And then Wheelie had invited me to come do a show at some sports sports club. And we, I did that. And that was, we had doc pop was there. We, we did that. And we just, you contact, uh, and I got contact from front and I was able to, Hey, you want to come to PAX and do this thing? And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> so it was pretty yeah. sweet. But Pasco is very far from Seattle, isn't it? Yes, sir. Very far. What is it like six hours? Or seven? Uh, it's like it's like about four. It's a good four hour drive, you know, over some mountains. So in the wintertime, it, it varies. But yeah, uh, those cascades can be a, a real so and so. But but yeah, it's it's a bit of a trick to get to either Portland or Seattle. Yeah, but I always thought you're always, I don't know, Northwest to me is like beefy beefies in Seattle because you're at all the shows, but you're. You're not close. <laughs> well, yeah, back in 09, before responsibilities and things happened, I was just like, shoot, I can just dip my job from Papa Murphy's and go roll up to Seattle or Portland. And what I mean, I just stay there. I'm not going to get a hotel. I'll just drive back the same night. No BG. Like, no problem, man. And if I get to Drink perform some Red song, Bull. Yeah, we just, I had a lot of amp yeah. energy drinks and five-hour energies, and I just made nights of it. When it's snowing, it looks like you're in warp speed because it's so dark, and you just see the light <laughs> oh pass by, and you're just like, man, I'm just in space right now, dog. This is fine. Living off the adrenaline from the nerdcore fans. Yeah, just still sweat sticking from sweating and just getting all the hugs while I'm like, hey, I'm sweating. They're like, I don't care. And then like you see that they regret it afterwards. <laughs> Your pockets are bulging with 20s. Oh, with so much 50s. fat stacks. So many fat stacks. <laughs> My stacks be so fat. <laughs> now, those first few shows, it was just, it was like paying money just to go see the show and to be part of it. Like when I started yeah. getting like money to, you know, pay for gas back, I'd be like, oh, oh God, like I'm famous now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm big to do now. What's up? Well, that's the thing, Beefy, because for you, you are always the antidote for all the cocky, I don't know, just so much of the, so much of the music industry and the non-nerdcore world. I was kind of jaded on it until I met everyone, and I was like, oh, this is fun. This is punk. This is DIY. This is where we'll all be friends forever, and it's like we have these stories, and even though I've had my hot and cold relationship with the genre, I love you. You're a buddy, and I love the, all those memories you know, of those early shows. It was really fun. Like me. we were able to spend some good time together. We went to Amsterdam together. That was an experience that I'll never forget. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about <sighs> Man, that. Man, we had some Amsterdam fun. You, me, Whitey <laughs> Cracker, 
Router. <laughs> oh, My man. old manager, Mark Safian. Mark Safian. I don't know if you're on good terms with him, but he was a good guy to me. I mean, that was a minimal time I spent with him, but it was such a great time. We had our... Mark's a great dude. Mark is such Mark's a good guy. I, I loved him hanging out with him so much. I love Whitey Cracker just going to town. Router, we lost her for a while. Like, I think we lost her in Amsterdam. I think that... I don't know if she returned. Like, I don't know if she came home. <laughs> Here's my memory of that, of... of- the show we, we it was a, a dutch software company wanted to screen the epic nine hour odyssey that is nerdcore for life no, no, no. nerdcore for life is, is great it's just long it's it's long it's long when you want to preempt a rap show like it's long they should have played it after the concert yes, or i think you said at the time a truncated version like a quick hit 20 minute half 15 minute thing <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. Like, here's the hits. Here's, you know, just so happens the people that are at this show that it came thousands of miles. And before you have to, like, not, so because you have to leave before the train leaves. So no, you can't and there's, Lord. like, Lord of the Rhymes and, like, all these really people, these people who aren't really doing it anymore. Oh, yeah. It was just, it's, it's an amazing documentary. But, I'm, yeah, the train was leaving. So <laughs> you guys are on. And as you guys are on, everyone is leaving. And I remember the the music was playing and Router's Q was there and she was like standing against the back of the curtain. You're like, go, go. It's the song. You're like her manager. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Do I remember very a lot of those those interactions? It, it reminded me a lot of things I don't want to do in the future. But uh, yeah, that was that was a, a trip. I wish they would have done it a little bit differently there because uh, that did cement my 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 steadfastness. And I always want to be the opener. Like I want to be the opening. I want to go first. Because at right. least the nerdcore people are showing up and they're there and I don't have to worry about trains or buses. Like that was my big uh, takeaway from that. But uh, but yeah, we used to, we, we, we call it uh, router wrangling. Me and uh, Doc Pop went, <laughs> went on tour with router one time and it's an event. It was an event every night and we did our router wrangling trying to get her back into various hotels or rooms that we're staying in or the car, whatever the case may be after a show. Man, it was a, it was a fun time. She was the first woman in nerdcore. I could, I guess, or was that Nursella? Well, I mean, if we're getting it, God, that's opening some old stuff right there, Lars. Uh, if we're going into semantics, I believe, <laughs> I believe the first person to have a track out rapidy rapidy style in this whole nerdcore genre area was MC Router with her. She did this song, Nerd Love with Whitey Cracker. That was uh-huh. that predated even Rhyme Torrents. So it's like, I don't remember Nurse okay. coming on any time before that. Whitey Cracker was before a lot of the other people I listened to before me. Uh, so I think Router was first, but was she the is first always best in this in this case? <laughs> well, I remember she she would say like everyone was like, oh, yo. Router's good, but K-Fly is <laughs> really doing it. And then the router would say that. And that was when Digital Gangster came out. And But yes. K-Fly didn't want to do Nerdcore. That was like, her, her, that was a huge, that was such a what smart a mistake, for her. Right? I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that was, Router always, she was first. And I like that. What's the song? Bump to the bump. That's T-Bite. Bump, bump to the beat. That's T. What is that song? Yeah, that that I uh, emulation station or one of those ones. Uh, that's what I. What also I took away is Tanner because what I discovered is about my favorite part about Router's music was Tanner, and uh, I started talking to him, and now he is the producer of my and my very good internet friend, and he's the producer of this new album. So uh, so he's the best. Was one. Router was Router in uh, Grammar Club? Very briefly, this is also going into some some early days 
So okay, grammar well, club was this is history, right? This is history class. I think we had yeah. a, we had a very uh, a shortly lived podcast, the grammar club for our Patreons that we did. And we kind of discussed a lot of it. But to give the sum up, we me, Shale and Router were initially supposed to be this triumphant. And we we're going to have this producer guy uh, who's gone on to do really great things. Um, uh, Mustin or no, not Mustin. Mustin is still good people. The other guy we're working with is, is great people, too. But I don't know how much he likes to get his name out. Um but uh, but we we're supposed to do this thing. It didn't work out. And uh, router was a big reason why it didn't work out. So we all decided to dissolve the band. And then me and Shale decided to start our own band uh, called the Grammar Club. So we were supposed to be called this group called Triforce. We had a, we had maybe one wow. song called Mint Potion. And uh, and that was with her, with her and with Shale and me. Uh, but that was all she wrote. You know, it became uh, very difficult to 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 work with with MC Rowdy. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I think that we all have, I've, we've all gone through, you know, it's hard. It, the early years are hard because it was, I remember when she did the verse for digital gangster, I mailed her on my mic and my interface. Cause I really wanted her on the record. I remember that. I really wanted. Yeah. And it was like, her verse is great on that other people's property. And I think K plays on that song too, which is, uh, which crazy. is awesome for me. Cause I get to say, I mean, you got, you'd had a whole album with her and a whole whatever, but now, <laughs> I mean, I get to say I was on a track with K play, which is cool for me. Uh, oh, geez. yeah, OG I gotta be like, oh, yeah, Kayflin. Oh, I was on a song with her. Yeah, yeah, no, that person that's blowing up on the billboards and whatnot. Yeah, no problem. So, is balloon so there's a balloon flight with router, right? Oh, that's right. I forgot all about there is a version of balloon flight with router. And so, I would we be able to play that at the end of the podcast? Oh, my, if I will, if I can find it, I think what's unique about Nerdcore is that like back in the day, we all kind of harnessed the early years of social media and our love for hip hop and kind of pioneered it and found each other but you know even chris had adult swim and damien had packs and like bryce had all his hacker stuff and i had my uk leverage you know so we all had something so it's like I, none of us i don't know I, I i wonder if it's entirely her fault that but maybe she just didn't want to do rap for real and that and that just wasn't her focus and that's that's cool like when we when it was like hey man me and doc want to do this thing and if you want to do it cool, and it's like, hey, yeah, let's do this. And then we're there. And You're talking like, about Triforce? Uh, well, we're talking about this mediocre tour we did. We've done Triforce before, and it's just it's just hard because I – and maybe it's because it's how I work or how I work with Shale or how I work with everybody else. Like, you know, there's going to be notes. There's going to be, hey, maybe we could try X, Y, or Z. There may be even criticism. Sure. And it, it was just – it's it was so difficult at the time to work out anything or to like give any kind of note or suggestion and not just have her first take be the the take that's used. So it was just like it was I don't know man, it was it was it's hard to work with that because I'm I work with anyone. Like I'll do a feature verse, I'll ask anyone to be on the album that I think is cool or I think will will do it. Um is and and I work with anyone like you you had notes for the song, like people have notes like hey, can we do this? You know, can we mix it this way whatever the case. Try this verse, I don't want to cursing whatever the case may be, but it's just like I just we couldn't even go that baseline level things. And it's just like if you're not willing to to do this part, then that's cool. But this is really what I want to do. I really like this music thing at the time. That was like my only drive. And uh, and I just was like, I can't just be it can't just be to like get like my MySpace likes and and like, hey, man, let's take some cool photos or like get all this all this attention after the show, I guess. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think that's why. And that's why I often, you know, that's why I left my punk band. I, I found a comic. I was. I was at my parents' house. I found a comic in the basement. I drew about my my band fighting and me trying to get everyone to get together page. and 
Yeah, and I and I, and I was like, oh, this is interesting because this is why I started doing hip hop music and why it's fun to collaborate, but yeah, it's you don't you never want to put your your career in the hands of another person, and so yeah, it's interesting, man. I mean, I, it's and it's interesting that she then went on Doctor Phil and kind of her whole story right did you see that i saw bits and pieces of the dr phil thing like it, it was yeah. so weird to see her be a completely different person than the last time i'd seen her in amsterdam and and you know who had who had known for years before that and so it was just like weird because she was she was just you know she just talks differently and she's like a completely different person so it was just, that the last time you hung out in the amsterdam? last time we hung out was in amsterdam that was the last time i oh like God. had like real real contact with her if i'm not mistaken maybe like chit chat on the phone once or twice afterwards but i think that was like the last time we really chatted and that was over 10 years ago it was it was we were there the day robot kills came out february 24th yeah yeah, yeah. that was nine that was many years ago you love comics right i do love the properties that comics have produced yeah yeah i'm a big fan i haven't dabbled too much recently in the newer comics but i have a very large backbone in the comic book lore you know who i've been loving who you've been loving Silver Surfer. Really? Yes, because of the whole thing of having to leave Zen Law to, you know, warn be others. A, warn others, be an emissary, and protect Earth. I, you know, what I love about Silver Surfer is the language. It's very Shakespearean how he speaks. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he he is he's very eloquent, and I feel for him as like this emissary who's trying to. Do do the best, but people don't really like want to listen to him, or they don't care what he says often. Well, he's the he's the archetype for like killing the messenger, right? Because he's the one bringing all the bad news. Yeah. But Galactus is over here, like, hey man, I'm the real bad news. But hey man, I'm just trying to tell you guys what we need. I think I mean there's iterations where he's just like doom, doom. You're, you know, you're gonna fire, make it soft for Galactus to come and eat it, right? But there's the other editions or versions where he's like more of like, hey man, I'm gonna I'm be I'm here. He's gonna be here in five years or whatever, and we need to up your technology to make so you can leave or do X, Y, or Z or da, da, da. And, uh, he has such interesting things, but it's hard to find. Like, I don't know if it like classic, really like solid villains of his that like really stand out to really like test that about him besides him being the villain and fighting like fantastic four or fighting against Galactus. If we go back to the origins of Nerdcore, I feel like a lot of the things we were trying to talk about it and warn people about were like the benefits and the ills of social media, how the internet was going to like, amplify the good things about us and the bad things about us and how we were going to become dehumanized and fragmented and putting up these garrisons around us because all the archetypes and the tropes and the stories of everything kind of foreshadowed this you could say dystopian era yeah i mean we're just i mean we're, he's trying to bring a, a a message in the form of like hey there's doom we're like hey there's doom but here's also a catchy beat behind it guys because we want to make the medicine go down smooth baby because huh. yeah man it's <laughs> It's a nightmare, right? I got a couple songs about yeah. it, like on the new album, just like we got an end of the world song. We got a, you know, FCC is going to shut down everything songs. Like we got all kinds of stuff. Um, it's, I feel like we were doing, I mean, because so many people considered us parody in the beginning that it was just, it, it might as well have been a joke to them. So like you guys were making good stuff. White Cracker always did real interesting things. Mega Rand's always had messages. Frontal Lots always had messages. Like everyone's always had these songs with a message in them. But it's always just seen as like, ha, what if, right? But then it just all happens. And it's like, hey, guys, we told you, like, people are weird yeah. on the Internet. Like, don't trust people on Facebook. What are you doing? Like, we talked about this for decades. Why are you? But just grand- my grandma didn't listen to my music. So she's the one falling for it right now. So here we are. Well, and a nerd was something that was kind of like 
hipster and cool. And now nerds are like the trolls and it's such a, I don't know. I mean, it, it's to be a nerd is not necessarily a perfect thing. Oh, there's a big question. Well, like, is it cool to be a nerd now? It really just, I mean, and you want to own that. It's like, what is a nerd anymore? Like, is a nerd someone that enjoys the things I really enjoyed and got real passionate about when I was young? Because like now the things I liked when I was passionate young, like comic books are the biggest selling thing in the history of the world. Disney owns everything. Like, I, I, I don't know if like no one, everyone's on social media. Everyone uses the computer all the time on their pocket. Like yeah. everyone is on it. So like, we're not special anymore because we had Commodore 64s or we had, everyone's a gamer. Everyone's a gamer. Every single person is a gamer. Like it's, it's weird to not be in these clicks that we used to have this like dominance over like, Hey, we have this insider right. knowledge. You can't even get this game without me dog, because you don't know about the zero day patches and the blah, blah. Like you don't know about all that. You need a CD key dog. You ain't don't even know about this. And Old Town Road was a Red Dead Redemption fan song that was the biggest number one in the history of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's wild. It's wild and I like it because I think about these kids, they're empowered and they don't know a time before you couldn't just rap and upload your tracks. That's but true. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's super cool. I remember I remember having to do a lot of research to figure out how I could even just get my Radio Shack mic to, to make a digital signal to plug into my computer to make music at first. And I was passing that off as like, guys, I'm pretty much the next coming of every great rapper you've ever heard. So prepare emotionally. But now you can actually get like legit equipped, like no problem, anytime. They get that as like, uh, you just twitch for a couple hours, you make a couple bucks, boom, home studio. Yeah. Is that what happens I now? I know, I know. What are the kids doing these days? Well, I don't know. I, I remember in a, in the Nerdcore for Life, there's that thing where you're doing your ad libs. If you like that music, throw up your hands. If you like this music and you wait and you go, if you feel this moves it like you're doing your, your ad libs like that is so cool. You're not in a booth. You're just shouting at your computer and your stuff sounded great. It sounded great. It sounded like, like, I don't know. Your setup was like, Oh, this guy knows what he's doing. And here's why he sells it. He's got a big personality and he's got a lot of flavor and, a lot of cadence said he could rap fast that he is passionate. You know, that, that was it. You were showing everyone that like you could overcome the barriers if you have mad personality on the mic. And that's a testament of a great MC. I thank you for that. Lars. That's very appreciative, especially coming from someone who also has quite a bit of personality on every single song and exudes quite a, quite a good pro positive personality and just gets people on their side. And that's what I kind of wanted to do. I mean, Thanks, guys like you, you guys have, you're not off putting, you're just you just come in there with a hug. It feels like, you know, you're just there to have a good time. Like you don't want to. I don't want anyone to feel like like I'm trying to I'm not, I'm not better than anyone. Like, I just want to come in there with empathy and be like, hey, man, this is how I feel. If you guys feel like this, too, then we probably could vibe. And this is how like I feel about this thing or or this book or this comic or this video game or this situation going on. And it is how we try to put it out there, man. And some people are like, you know, there was a lot of gimmicks when we first started. And it was hard to not want to jump on that or jump on, to, you know, become some kind of parody thing. But, you know, we just get in there with positivity and be a cool, happy guy, man. Just have a good laugh. <laughs> Empathy. That's a great. That's, I think, what was the glue is that we're all like we have something to say and we appreciate each other. And it's a miracle that anyone even cares. And mm -hmm. I think I think about Silver Surfer go, just this last time I'll go back to it because, like, he has empathy for humanity, you know, but yeah. It's not, it's not an easy road, but you know, he has a surfboard and I guess surfboard is the metaphor of hip hop and friendship. And that's like, you know what I mean? He's stuck on earth, but he wants to be. And I don't think that, I don't think that in 10 years, 
it's going to change. I think that people who remember that era will, their, you know, kids start coming to the show with their parents. You know what I mean? It'll always be this small niche. But like Frenelat said, since it was never cool, it's never going to go out of style, right? That's true. There'll always be a little niche of people who want to come see and hear our positive message. And yeah, we never, I don't know. It's, I just, I, I, I guess I've been thinking about where is all this going to be in 10 years? And what do you, do you ever think about that? I mean, I, I never, th- cause I never have to worry about, Hey, am I going to be able to tour or anything like that? So it's not like my, my bread and butter. So I know that in 10 years I can always make a track. And even if the 15 people are listening to it, then that's my 15 dude. What's up homies. Uh, but that's, that's all I've ever needed. Uh, I just, I have this garage and I have this cool microphone and I got this really great friend and Tanner that will produce anything and he'll make it sound dope. And, you know, as long as, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know where Nurecore will be in general. Like, I hope that because of our just generalized, like, fan base, some of them may not be, like, on the same page as me, like, ideally or, or like, idealistically and politically or whatever the case may be. But I hope that my positive jams make everybody feel more positive or, you know, I hope I'm not dissuading people from being positive. I hope I'm not bringing too much negativity on things if I call something out. Like, I ain't trying to start fights or nothing, but, you know, there's general empathy, man. If you're not exposing empathy or if you're just talking about just being individual and just being like me, 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 then I, I, ain't, I ain't about that life. I ain't about there's too much. Time is too short, Lars. I can't be yeah. about that. I got to be about happiness and sharing. I got to tell my three year old that I got to tell the rest of the world that if I'm going to be I can't be a hypocrite. You know what I mean? So you have so you are a father. Yeah. And a step and a stepfather and a stepfather. Yeah, that's tight. It's super tight. So let's talk about that. All right. Talk about fatherhood. Fatherhood is super dope. You should do it if you have the time for it. If yeah. you don't have the time for it or if you have aspirations to do other things, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe do that instead. But uh, because it's a full time thing. So a lot of times, you know, I, I have to skip some stuff, but it's well worth it because my kids are the dopest, funniest nerds in the history of the world. I'm a big fan of them. That's cool. So. That, so talk to me about time. Like this, it'd be hard for you to tour. You couldn't oh, do yeah. a three month tour, probably. No, yeah, can't do a three month tour. Can't do a three month tour. Could you do? A, could you do a week? Uh, I mean, it would really depend on the week. It would depend on my wife's week. And yeah. one of those kids doing. One of these kids ain't even in school yet. It's school in session because my wife is a teacher, baby. So it's like you know, it's rough. And I, uh, it's it's something I sign up for though, and that I. I would do 100% of times again. But yeah, even just getting out for a week is, is rough. Like getting out, I went to Tanner's wedding in, in Fort Worth. And even then, it's just like, man, it's a it's a struggle be away from my kids for so long. And like just leaving all that on the wife because we're not set up to be like, you know, hey, it's cool. I'm just going to be out for, I'm going to be on business for a week. You got the kids, right? All right, peace. Like she's got to go to work too. Like that's how this house runs. So uh, it just, it makes it shaky for that. And it's just a prioritizing. Like that's how, you know, it's got to prioritize it. So I'm able to make these records on my computer at home and it's, it's super dope yeah. and you know, people like it. Cool. I just don't make as many new fans this way, but it's, I like the fans I got. You're a fan of your family, right? That's your band. Yeah. As soon as I, one of them is learning the piano. If I can get the other one to learn drums, I just bring the family with me and then it's all, <laughs> it's all gravy, baby. Like it's all part of my ultimate plan. And daddy's on tour with the kids and I, my wife's a teacher. She can home, <laughs> she can school them in the van, baby. Here we go. It's all coming together. Right. 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 You know what Weird Al told me? He said uh, he was happy before he got married. He was even happier when he got married. And he was even happier when he had his daughter. You know? And I'm like, that's a G. Yeah. That's like, they tour. he said they would tour together back in the day. But like, 
that's the dream, right? And I oh, think yeah. about that. You know, I'm a married man, and like, uh, yeah, that question of family. Keep balancing your family with keeping your art alive. Yeah. And I know a lot of musicians who do tour who have kids, but I imagine it's hard. You miss them. Like when you went to Fort Worth, you miss your kids yeah. a lot. Yeah, especially like in those like early years too, especially when things like if things are popping for you real crazy and you're just about to have a kid, like that's hard because you're going to be out. Like your kids could step around. Your kids can be around, you know, just doing things, whatever. Like uh, I'm a step parent. So like the kid was uh, Layla was around and then like gone every other week. Right. So like there'd be a week on and a week off where we just we weren't parents for a week and then we were parents for a week. So in those times, like, yeah, I could bounce out for a week. We could do crazy things like that. Uh, and then uh, after went to college, after my wife went to college and we started working two jobs all the time, working all those hours, like touring and even just making music was difficult. But then after we had Ollie, it's like, hey, man, we're full time parents. I never plan on divorcing my wife. So I'm just I'm not allowing it. I'm just not signing up for it. We're just we're just made that decision. And we may be a little bit codependent. Yeah. So I think maybe other people have a lot easier time than maybe we do because of our codependency. But uh, it's it's super. I mean, they're just so dope. Like, I don't want to miss anything. And maybe it's just maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm too emotional about it. But uh like I if I, I, we could I could go on tour with like you and Law, uh, you and Rand and do 20,000 people just out of nowhere because we're in Chicago when people in Chicago seem to love us for no reason at all. And uh, I would just be like, man, like after it would be all cool. But then I'd be like, God, I hope my wife didn't have to stress too much getting those kids to bed. Like, God, I hope they didn't give her a hard time. Hope they're not. Hope they're not stressing out. God, what if there's a weird sound at night and they all start freaking out because Beefy's not there? Like, it gets weird, man. Like, I hate being away from my wife. Hate being away from my house. Hate being away from my kids. Like, uh. I just don't feel good. I don't like it. I don't like when she's gone. They're doing things without me. I feel weird when they're like, hey, we're going to go to the park, but you just chill out and do your thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. I was at work all day or whatever. And then like they're at the park and having pictures and stuff. I'm like, I'm an absentee father. Look at them having these experiences without me. Oh my God. Like, and I don't know if that's normal and I don't know if that's okay, but uh, it's how I feel about it. And, uh, and I don't like it. So we should just stay here. So, uh, you know, when opportunities come, there's like, sometimes there's one offs and you do the one show or something like that, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, right. by and large, I'm just like, man, I'd rather, I'd rather just be home. Someone's got to mow this lawn. So, I mean, I mean, I can't, I mean, I got to do this tour, mow this lawn, guys. It's either one or the other. I don't want my wife to cut her foot off or something, you know. That's cool, man. And I think that some artists we know who don't have kids or even get married, just you're on the road forever. And for me, there was a point in my life where I had deep emotional existential crises because I felt like. Every night there's anonymous people who love this character you create and you talk to them about their life and th the brands they're into. But when I was single on the road, it was always it's rough, dude. You feel like you're freaking ghost. Like, like the, they have the Buddhist idea of these ghosts with a hungry throat and a giant stomach. You can never get enough down that throat to satisfy your gigantic stomach. That's like this idea of how these ghosts never achieve nirvana. You know what I mean? And of course it was never as big as Nirvana. Hey, but it was hey always like this, this, this feeling Northwest. of, especially 2000, <laughs> Northwest, yeah, 2009 to 2012. And especially when I was not sober, that was just like, it was a dark time. It's funny how like, you know, even this, this idea of being a touring musician is not always the dopest thing in the world. And like when I met Ashley, who was a musician and a teacher and you know, getting married, it's just, I love, yeah, I don't tour as much. I love when I can tour and the tours are good, but we have this agreement where I try to be out less than three months a year. 
and do it in two week, three week increments, you know? And I think that's like healthy, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something you can make work or if you have kids and you guys haven't worked out, like that could be something that, you know, works out with it. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think my wife wanted to buy a house far too quickly, frankly. And so I feel like I just if I don't keep working at all times and make as much money as I can, I'm going to somehow lose it. So I don't want to do that either. And I always have this stress of like, if we go out, am I just going to be spending money to go out on this tour to have this experience and not like recoup that stuff? Because, you know, you got to there's the business side of it where yeah. you got to, you know, if you're not going to be working, you got to make that that dough. And I'd hate to I, I I'm spoiled in that when I do get to go out and do shows or I. Or did do shows early when I before I met Chandra. I I it didn't matter. Like it just I lived at home yeah. or I was just terrible with finances and hell of in debt and just it didn't matter. Like I, it was more important to me to have these experiences than to be responsible with it or have any vision of what I even wanted to do with it. Like I'd go on these shows without any kind of merch, just being like, I just want to do the show. Like I just want to open up. I just want to have this time, get these pictures taken, or whatever. Uh, yeah. I think the magic number is you have to gross $300 a night for it to make sense and do yeah. like a week for you to break even for the van and the flights, you know? And that's, that's, that's what that's 20 shirts. If they're $15 yeah. each and that's, that's, it's a gamble. And I think the experiences are worth it, but you get to a certain point where you're like, well, maybe there's more yeah. value in planning your own garden. Right. Yeah. And the, and I weighed those yeah. and I was like, you know, I could, you know, I, I was just, I was dating my, 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 my girlfriend at the time, Chandra, she had a, a kid already. And I was, I, you know, there's no, besides the fact that I just was head over heels for both of them. I didn't need to stay there. I could have just been beefy forever and try this for good and seeing what happened. But, uh, it was, it was, I felt that we were just talking about like that, never feeling that fullness. I felt that like I didn't need anything else. Like I just, I got that and it felt like so cool and i was just like i i do still hunger for that you know hey guys i really like this rap i have this outlet i think i'm pretty good at it and i just i like to do it um but that's that like would subside more and more as we like aim for this new vision like together and uh just like owning this home having these kids like making sure we raise them cool and have these fun experiences with them and like transitioning like hey i want to have these experiences for me so i can say i did these things and being like hey man what if we what do we do it's so, like my kid can say like oh man my dad hung out with me all weekend and we, you know he set up a pool and we all did these things and got everything set. like it's it feels cooler and like hey my man, my mom and dad split up when i was young so like i don't i and me and my dad didn't like you know we don't jive very well he's like all into hunting and in red state politics and i'm all not so he uh he and i just really didn't violate like him my brother did so i just like i want to have that time i didn't spend a lot of time with him i want to be able to spend my spend time with my kids while they'll have me and just be able to, to jump all over that and uh, it just, it feels cool. Like, I feel cooler being this Keith than I feel being beefy, which is the first time it happened in, like, a long time because I was really happy being beefy for the longest time. Your dad once asked you why you had a hat that said Keith Thompson. Why well, I had a hat that said Beef Thompson? Beef Thompson. Talk about that. I remember you told me a story. I laughed very Man, hard. Well, he was, <laughs> I remember I told you why I had Beef Thompson, like, where Beef Thompson came from. It, uh, we were, yeah, but tell the listeners, Oh, well, the listeners don't know. Uh, right. so when back in the day, we're talking about old school, you know, early days of nerdcore and nerddom in general. Right. Let me tell you about a little thing called Napster. And let me tell you a little about oh. a little thing called Kazam. Um, the Gutenberg press of the <laughs> indie music revolution. Dude, my album's going to be on Napster too. So they're still around. They're still kicking. Uh, but Napster okay. and Kazam, they wanted you to have your, you know, they put your name and just, you know, give them your information, just like every, everything in the world. And 
And then, uh, so at the time, I knew that Napster, I knew these things were pirated. Lars Ulrich told me, and this was illegal and wrong. But <laughs> Daddy needs that new Eminem soundtrack or that new Eminem album, right? So I, uh, but you had to put a name, right? And I didn't want the government to get me. So I was already going by Beefy. So I decided Beef Thompson was the best <laughs> name. Sounds very like that's me, and I'll know it's me. <laughs> but that Thompson name, that could be anyone. <laughs> And you know they, you know they search my last name if they're gonna search them, and I'm just gonna blend it with all them Thompsons, man. Yeah, but you made a you made a hat that said Beef Thompson, right? Well, my father he get he understands that I make hip hop music, and he understands that I do it about some nerd stuff. But I feel like he doesn't like my music. I, I don't like ever since I blame Lint Biscuits and the hot dog flavored water. What is it? The, what is it? the chocolate starfish on the hot dog flavored water album. He took uh-huh. me out to buy it. He was like, I like rock music, son. You can play it in the truck. That's cool. And I popped it in. I was like, all right, maybe Bob with the Bob or not Bob. With the, you know, one of those kind of rolling, rolling. I did roll. it all for the nookie. Dude, the first the one was just like F this, right? F you, F map, F this and F do. And that. like, it was literally like that was, that was the track. Like it wasn't just how people, how like, you know, old people describe rap music. It's literally like Fred Durst was like on this. F U stanza uh for like the whole Nookie verse. was the record before, I think. I think right? so. And Chuck Like if it was the, if it was the one with Method Man or one of those kind of tracks that was like this rap rock thing, it would have been cool, but it was just just pleading, just belting out FU's and I was like, God, man, all right, well, cool. And I feel like since that time he was just like, Well, that's not Led Zeppelin, so I don't I don't know if I like Keith's music. Um, so he knows I rap. I don't, I couldn't say he's a fan, but I had explained to him like beef Thompson. It's not my real name. I'm proud of my name, dad. I, I just, it's a character thing. It's like a persona. If I can, you know what, dad, just go, why don't you go get some scotch and think about geese? Yeah. But you had a hat that said beef Thompson. Oh, right? I have several hats that say beef Thompson. This one might say beef <laughs> mode. I don't know. No, that's not this one. I got several hats <laughs> over there. Some of them say beef <laughs> mode. Some of them say beefy beef Thompson. Yeah. Big on the internet. So it's, a, so it's like this Shakespearean like Oedipal thing of like, are you throwing? Are you th- are you trying to dethrone your father with your rap rock filthy hybrid and getting a new name and pirating music? That story always made me laugh. You were trying to explain to your dad. Yeah, I can't explain it to my dad. He's he's too far gone now. He's doing his own thing, but he's made his money. So I mean, he like does he need to pretend like he ever has to think about not being right at this point? He's like, well, I have money now. I I must be right. So. <laughs> he's a, I don't know he's a sweet guy I just I don't he just doesn't get my my jams and I don't I don't blame him I, it's a weird thing has he has he seen the nerdcore for life 12 year old documentary <sighs> you know he could now feature, it's that, on in which you feature heavily I just saw that it is on Amazon Prime video now so people is yeah it? I just saw that it was I was I, I don't remember someone linked it but it was on the UK good work, site Dan. and on yeah good work Dan that guy too I I a year ago I paid to buy it off Google, uh, Google movie watching or whatever, mm-hmm. YouTube or whatever you pay to watch. And I watched it. It was like kind of a nostalgic. It was cool. It's a cool, it's, it's a good documentary, but you're featured prominently in it. I find that if you hang out with the 16 year old kid that he finds for free to film half the video, then you're going to be featured a lot in that video. Cause he got Ryan Tidrick in on that early and he just, this, he was like, I'm going to send this guy over to your house. He's going to film you. And I was like, all right, cool. And this 16-year-old, long-haired, what I thought was a girl at the time, but no, he had a little mustache going. So love me some Ryan Tidrick. He uh, he did he did all that filming. He filmed me in my hot tub. He just we hung out. That was the first time yeah. we met. I was like, I'm going to go film this in my hot tub with this, with this legit drink. And I get way too drunk before I go to my job at Papa Murphy's. 
Um, it was with your clothes, with my clothes on. on. Not, of course, I'm very insecure still, but I need to know that I'm a I'm a player and I have all this steez, but also I'm very insecure. <laughs> well, that's all of us, isn't it? I hope so. That's God, I hope so. Well, no, but don't you think that going back to the dichotomy of beefy versus Keith, it's making peace with that. Like we're also insecure and fragile and like potentially seconds away from being like brokenhearted and lost. And our characters are like, it's like the Iron Man suit. It's a silver surfer board that keeps it away. That's what, that's, that's what art does. I'm a hundred percent bulletproof as beefy. No one's a better talker than me. No one's a better gamer than me. No one's a better professional wrestler than me. Like in the beefy Iron Man suit, I am the dopest one in the world. Uh, regardless of how right. actually dope or good I rapping I am at the time, but that yeah, it, it is it's something that's an outlet. Like because I do do, you know, I, I work a job where I talk to people all day and I can't be vulgar and I you know talk to my kids all day. I gotta have that kind of tone with them, so I get to be beefy. I get to be like, hey man, I'm so dope, man. Why is it so weird to be so dope? Let me rap aggressively at you about it, uh, and as quickly as I can. Uh, it's, it's the best feeling. And I feel like, I mean, it's just like when people play online, it's, I feel like it's a, a more positive version. At least what I try to do is be more positive and more and more, you know, knowledgeable uh, as beefy. Like, uh, when people who go on and they, they go on the games, they get all toxic or the talk they're they're smacked everyone and just get real toxic and trolly online. And that's their little, that's their suit. They wear, that's their mask they put on before they get on the internet and do their thing. Cause no one could touch them. Yeah. Like I feel like the edge, edge lords. Edge, right? eh, yeah, exactly. Who can do yeah. the weirdest, like a nine 11 meme, whatever, dude. Like it's, eh, it's, right. it's, it's, I don't know, man. So I like my, my, my mask my, my persona on the beefy, that bulletproof thing. Like no one could touch it. And it feels good because Keith can get touched. Keith gets hurt a lot. Keith is very sensitive turns out you know i get very emotional and uh and i'm i feel you know we getting i feel like i'm a you know you, you do i don't know man i question myself a lot more as keith than i do as beefy and uh so that's a weird thing but it's like it's it's harder so i want to work harder at it and it's just like i want to be better god i gotta get better at this i want to be better man gotta level yeah, up my irl well and you as a father is an irl suit that you can wear forever well, rapping wood. about yeah, knock on wood, <laughs> rapping about like a certain era of pop culture nostalgia that's that doesn't age, you know. I hope so, man. I he, I, I have the song that we do with Lex and, and Ran on the new one called Thanks, where I basically talk about, hey man, it's gonna be real weird. My daughter's gonna get older and she may not ever see me perform and she may not ever know about my my world before. I'm just this guy that that works on this computer all day and yells at them to keep it down. Uh, but they may time she may come along and she may see a link. She may look up beefy. She may figure that out and she'll be like, hey, what the, that's my dad. And he's like, he's doing these things like I, I was able to do all that because of beefy and because I had these fans and because everyone like will listen to something like this or, or listen to our album and be like, oh, or go to the shows and be like, oh, man, I was there. That was cool. And this whole thing is going to blow my kids mind later. And I'm super pumped about that. If I could just be beefy just to freak out my kids in the future, that'll be right. super dope. Right. To show them Nerdcore for Life, I would be, that's now that they can stream it. Man, they'll be like, Mom, Dad, who's Router? I'm like, God, kids, that's going to take us to explaining, guys. I don't know how do I can. Were you dating her? Absolutely not. It was, it was a different kind of arrangement. It was, oh, God, it was rough. But it, no, it was, it'll be good. It'll be real weird. I should have, we should do a viewing party of that. I should stream my reactions to it or something crazy. Because that movie is old and there's so many people in it that aren't around anymore. Like, it's so crazy. I know. Suck Lord. Suck Lord. God, what that guy. I remember they said that, I think, I don't remember who I heard it from, 
but I think like our performance, our, our very questionable performance, right at the Capcom booth at Comic Con, what we recorded over there with like Whitey and, and former Fat Boys and me and Hella and what and Ultra Cholesterol and Suck Lord. Uh, I think like they and Ben was wearing my shirt. Yes, I remember yes, that. he was. I think that caused people to think that he was you for the, some of that press, which is hilarious. Uh, we've got to meet Jeff Neely, right? But I think our and how Sucklord just disregarded every instruction they gave him, just started climbing on tables and climbing on the ring they had and everything like that. I think it affected Ran had also or was either about to or had been doing the same show or was supposed to do the next day or something like that, kind of solo. And I think they like cut his time or didn't let him do something or he was like heavily monitored or something. So I always felt guilty. I don't know if that story was even true. It's been a while since I talked to anybody about it. But uh, but yeah, I always felt real bad about that whole thing. And Suck Lord always <laughs> struck me as like, man, this guy doesn't care. But I don't know that he's like at that level to be like, I don't give a F about any of this stuff. Well, he's a he was an action figure designer, right? Doing like controversial action figures, right? Wasn't that his part of his That was part business? of his deal. Like he would sell those bootleg like mismatched action figures and puts them in their own, their own packaging. Yeah, that's tight. So he was an art, more of a performance artist. Maybe. I think so. And that's like Doc Pop was a, an a mm. engineer coder internet guy who loved building eight bit machines who happened to like enjoy rapping. Like I always wish Doc Pop kept it moving. I don't know. I felt like I, did, he's kind of dropped out too. Doc is he? no, Doc is always he's he is one of those jack of all trades renaissance men that will he does everything. Yeah. So now he's working yeah. with like WordPress and working on those kind of things and he But is he doing solo Doc Pop? He's not doing as many records. I, he did uh Me Pretty Now later or something. He did he did a couple solo albums, you know, a few years back. But now he's been working more on some digital platform stuff and media stuff. He's making a new card game called knife tank uh and uh we're doing a song for that so it's gonna be cool but uh but yeah he's doing like he does a lot of just things like that's yeah he's making an interactive card game where you just like you you have to throw cards and drop them and stuff and it's very very interesting but uh he's a the dude is a genius and he's i like that he's a jack of all trades but i always i like his music a lot though and i I feel like he, he yeah, exactly. He had he had catchy, fun One, moments, and I loved his his moments on the Digital Gangster album are like some of my favorites because he's just low key and yeah. dope and fun. Well, his been in like your you guys' nine eleven song was really catchy and dope. Like as weird as we were talking about that earlier, uh, like yeah. that was really good. And his like that circuit Benny stuff was like very unique and like that could have gotten catchy if he associated it with like any genre i feel like at some point but i mean he decided to work in this one and work with me on a couple things like he did tub of tabasco and a lot of my early stuff and he produced yeah, he that the, fir- the first tub of tabasco is all doc pop um mustin is a great mustin did a beat on uh dewey decibel the jabberwocky song oh yeah yeah that's he, I don't know he did that. yes he, well he sent it that's to a me. great beat that is very dope i i got to remember how i even got how did i meet up with mustin I don't even remember how I met Mustin. I think because he's been, you know, he's in the, the he's in the, the scene, right? As part of the one ups. And I think I maybe met him at a PAX. I think that was where I met him. I met a PAX and we chit chatted. We're not allowed to know his last name. I don't know if he has one. I've worked with him professionally for a while and I've only ever seen Mustin on any of his things. Well, I was trying to put it in ASCAP, the publishing. It was like, what do I put? Just Mustin. Okay. I hope you yeah, I hope you get check. your money, dog, because I really want you to. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, bud. What is it on our X-Men song? That's <laughs> why I talk about how I hope he cleared yes. the, um, the, the X-Men right? theme. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he's a really great producer. How many things? So you did a, did you do a whole record with him? Yeah, we did half of With Sprinkles with him. He did like about half the tracks on that with Tanner. And then we, me and... And Mustin did all of Grown Up was all was all Mustin 
on the the tracks. Did he work on Too Big to Fail? Uh, he didn't do it too, uh, too Big to Fail. One and two are all me and Tanner. Uh, so it's yeah. it's all Tanner forty one oh five. But yeah, Mustin, the last uh, he did like Whisperinkle, so he did like Game Store Girl and uh, a few of the other ones. I'm not drawing blanks on all of them now, of course. And uh, we did all the grown up, so all the the tracks are on that album, like Hacks that you were on. But um, and do you Danny, produce beats? Not ever. Do you ever? I'll no. sometimes so like just... throw a loop track on a beat and do a thing and send yeah. that to Tanner, and then he'll make it actually good. Like we got a song called this right, that right. Robot S that I do with Schaefer that we did for Grammar Club that is. Uh, that was that. It was just this loop I found, and then I just did these raps to it, and then they they zhuzhed it up and made it real good, and then uh, you know re-recorded everything to it. But no, I don't I don't do no producing. I'm not I'm not smart like that. Shale Riley's another dude you collaborate with frequently. Absolutely. I always thought Grammar Club was you and him, but it's I've been made aware that it's like eight people. Yeah, we're we're six deep now. I mean, at the base, you could say it's me and Shale's band, I guess. But yeah. Ty's been. It's, we wouldn't be anything without the other dudes. Like me and Shell, just us are like meh. Like we production wise and motivational wise, we are just not. A, we're just not the greatest. But we got. Well, well, but balloon flight. I always felt like could have been a platinum single. That's such an ill track. Very so sweet. Of that you was you, you and sh- you and Shale, right? Me and Shale, and or was I just? I don't remember the. I think it was John Titterton. I can't remember the producer that was doing it at the time, but. uh but uh, no, Poose, P-U-C-E. I don't remember what he's doing now, but Poose did the recording all, or the producing on all those. And yeah, I, I think so too. We had a really, really great producer that was kind of guiding our our sound. And uh, and he was so good that he went on to do like other more important things with his real name that escapes me. So who would he work with? After? Uh, we work with Ty Gwindley now and Ty and Shale go back years and years. And we also now work with Tanner 4105, of course. And uh uh, Glenn Case from Spokane, who's made oh, yeah. a billion records, and all of them quality, and uh, Shell, Ali Shaw, and Stone. I think that Balloon Flight is the best nerdcore song. <laughs> it is super dope. Like, uh, I because I, like I, I would play it for fools, and they'd be like, "This is awesome," and then I play play the other artists and be like, "This is <laughs> not so awesome." <laughs> for people like people. <laughs> People who are, you know, because that hook, well, we're going to ha- hopefully have the router version at the end of this. People here, that hook is just get your hands in the air when it did it. The intro, everything about it is classic. And I know that it sucks probably to have like to come on MC Lars podcast and have him go on and on about a song that's like 13 years old. <laughs> no, go on, please, please. <laughs> you know what? The song didn't get that kind of the kind of love and credit it deserved back then. Let's give it to it now, baby. What's up? Yeah, that's the jam. I remember 2008 when I was doing Robot Kills. I was it was I was living in LA and I just I, I was going through some depression. It was very hard. And that song and Ari the Rugged Man's Lessons were the two songs that inspired me. And so Lessons inspired Where You Been Lars cuz he talks about all his failures. And Blue Flight was the model for True Player for Real. Right. That anthemic chorus what? and Don't then lie. bragging on the verses. That was like the inspiration for it. I got to do a song with this sort of like Low key verse, big chorus, big melody. Yeah, I didn't write the melody. Well, technically, then the Grammar Club. I'm partly partly responsible for a song that featured, or the inspiration for a song that featured Weird Al as well. So I'm I'm stacking up credits right now, Lars. I've worked with you. We're Rand. We're with K Flay. We're with technically <laughs> on a song inspired with Weird Al Yankovic, and uh, it's only getting better. What did we do with Sir Mix a lot, Lars? Hit me up with some of this new detail, man. Hit me. <laughs> um 
How many songs have we done? Eight? Nine? We've done at least 13. Uh, we No, Last really? time we did a little podcasty thing, we were at 10. When yeah. we, we did, I think that was and like... And that was, that was when we did Gazorpazorp Field. We did no, a, we, a YouTube thing for the Patreon. I thought we did Gazorpazorp Field, but then we did that one about the comic. We should do two new songs and then just put out an album with everything. I'm down. And then put on DistroKid and just make this royalty split down the middle and pay everyone and just... I think that would be tight because people are... I don't know. We have enough songs. This I feel like, like you and I have a yeah, group. If, if nothing else, the fact that we have enough songs is all the reason I've ever needed to do literally anything regarding an album. But I think that would be cool because they would show this weird progression. Like you could hear, you would be able to hear me becoming a better rapper throughout the the years as we've like progressed. And you hear me becoming a worse one <laughs> rapping about my recovery and my no that's my just when you become fears. more adult though that's when you put yourself more yeah. you're more vulnerable and more grown up to be able to say that about yourself without <laughs> that like affecting that that bulletproof shield man like that's that's what we're talking that's about exactly right i feel like that's it takes more talent and more skill <laughs> in my personal opinion to get let's real talk about it, your new record that came out today Tut-day. where can fans get it everywhere me and tanner 4105 did some of our dopest songs personally i think because i'm i'm biased but i think they're really dope we got great guests dominic uh uh prostera did the uh, the cover art which is super dope um but they can get it on bandcamp they can get it at beefy.bandcamp.com they can go to you know itunes amazon napster we discussed that earlier but uh yeah we, we make we make some good records frankly so you're too big to fail. Part one, it has like the red tie wearing cat with the nuclear explosion behind yes, him. It's kind of prescient, man. Right? Oh boy, Rusty made me that. That album, yeah. that cover was drawn like three years before you finished the album. Like we, he had done that album art wow. soon, and then this redhead person, the white, uh, this orange haired dude in the white house, cat in the white house with the nukes going off behind him. Was yeah, that was really weird and really, really oddly timed for when we actually were able to release the record. Yeah, I I wondered if that were and that he's wearing a red tie. Yeah, and he has got the red tie on, right? Exactly. It's, it's Rusty Shackles did that first version of the did that first cover, and he may be a wizard. He may be a time traveler. I can't rule any of this out, but he may have known. He may have known things you don't know. Uh, yeah, it was really weird. It was really strange, but I mean, it worked out. And it's like no, it's not like we're we weren't we weren't calling anybody out on anything like that or. Or trying to start any any beef or anything or start any drama, but uh, it was just I thought it was just he was, he thought it was a really cool uh, cover and he was like I can't it doesn't make any sense for any of these other people and I can't find someone who will do anything with it so do you want it and I was like yes I will find a use for this yes sir was too big to fail the idea before the cover or did it come from that image oh man it's hard to say what came first right uh man because I remember I got the idea for the cup for the too big to fail from Dan who we're talking about who did the Nurkor for life documentary did a show in Chicago and he was there and he checked it out and we were talking about like I just finished whatever with sprinkles and what I should do next and da, 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 what I'm gonna name the new album and it was during what was it oh, man it was more of that bank stuff people getting bailouts the too big to fail stuff all the bank right, stuff going right. down so you know we we're still doing so eleven years. Yeah, ago. this was this was happening a big big time ago, and so like we just used it for a while, and that's like what I decided. Like, hey, that's going to be my new album. I'm beefy. I'm too big to fail. Like, I'm a really big boy. That's hey, you get it, guys. Um, and then I, when we decided to do part two, like we decided to do that album. It was like we had a lot of songs at the time, and then it was like, and we were doing all these other uh-huh. projects. We get grammar club going. We just we sliced it off. We're just like here, we'll just be part one. 
got these other tracks we want to do and then we'll just make a part two because it was getting too long and then we just put it on the sideline for three years and then just kind of slowly worked on it and released it little by little on patreon and then we were like hey now we're done and now we'll mix it master it get you know lars on it get mega ran on it get lex on it get everybody on it and then pepper it in there and get yeah. it nice and fresh for the homies our song finishes the album i'm honored to be on the last track our yeah. song is the outro. Let's talk about that song. What inspired that song? Well, it's, you know, fortuitous that we were discuss- discussing what we were discussing earlier. Because it's, in my head, in my mind, yeah. when I listen to it, it's it's about, like, I, you know, I I have all that I need. Like, I'm full. Like, I got, with the things that I have here, it's, it's I feel like I have everything I want and need. And I feel so happy. And it's the, the closeout track yeah. because, you know, we end with some stuff about, like, hey, everything is... The world is going to hell in a handbasket and everything is the worst. But we ended with like, hey, man, I have everything I need here. I'm, I'm so very loved and in love with everyone in my house and you know everyone in my life. And I get to be this beefy guy, but I've never really taken it so seriously that if I can't do it like this, is it's wrecked me because I I have all I need. Like I can do these songs here and I got all I need from it. And I, as long as I have this outlet that I can make this music in, as long as, you know, we're not outlawing microphones in my garage then uh then i can still make music i can still make tracks and even if i'm the only one that hears it like that's all that's all i need now i don't need to be on tour i don't need to do like i don't need that stuff that would be cool i guess but i don't need it to be like the happiest beefy that you can see that's a great and it, and so it kind of sums up a lot of what we've been talking about well yeah and especially in the beginning like you know there used to be a lot before i had all the cool stuff i have now and i'm very blessed i'm very like i'm like i looked into a lot of like really good stuff in my life and i'm like over the moon about it so i don't ever want to mess that up because i it's i not everyone gets this lucky i'm very fortunate i'm i'm rich in in family and friends and and money not really but you know i got enough to get by and not have to be like super stressed like oh my god uh so it's it's i'm like really fortunate so like it there's gloom and doom you know we got down and like you were talking about in your verse you talk about like you know you were in some some dark places yourself you had to you know dealing with some some very unfortunate timing in your life and you know maybe some people that weren't so dope but you were able to find outlets and music yeah. as well. It sounds like, and you're able to bounce back, and and now you seem to be in a healthier place. You got a beautiful wife. You got all these great things going on, man. Like, it seems like we're it's tight. Life, life is, is tight. tight. Yeah, gotta sometimes feel like, oh my god, life's so good. We still <laughs> yeah. got music. We still got what I say. Still and got we still music. Got focus. We still got focus. That's right. <laughs> Slant rhyme. I that that's a reference to Damien's. Uh, gotta sometimes feel like, oh my god, life. That's the reference to that. I knew I yeah. do. I'm so glad you finally said that because I, I've been hearing that for weeks. Obviously I've been listening to my own album on repeat over and over looking for mistakes and like, God, do I hate this? Do I hate this? It's, I can, I can, I can prepare for someone not liking that part, whatever. Uh, and I, I was like, because you changed the, the melody of it. They got to sometimes feel like, Oh my God, laugh so good. I was like, I know these lyrics, but where, what yeah. was it? A commercial? Like what did well, I? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that you said that now. Yeah, I always like I always like to change the flow a little bit, especially at the end of verses. When I listened to it back, I was like, "What the rhythms?" And I was like, "Oh, I was referencing that." And I was like, "That's cool." <laughs> and with the slant rhyme, <laughs> kind of like jump off the horse awkwardly. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know me, Beefy. Megaran recently learned this about me. When I'm on doing a song or a feature, I got notes on the mix. It's not one email. <laughs> it's gonna be four emails. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were like, "Please do." I was like, "Please change this. Please change this. Please change this." Because I I always have in my ears how I want my voice to sound loudly. And 
you're always flexible and kind. So I, thank you. Hey, it's perfect. we are. It came out perfect. We just want you to happy. Like I am so happy you were on it. I want you to be on the next five thousand albums I do. So uh, yeah, and it's easy. Like people have notes, man. Like people, want, I have an idea. I don't hear your what you sound like in your head. You're not in the room with Tanner and me at the time. So you know, I'm just happy that you're willing to be like to listen to three or four mixes and be you know, like, hey, hey, let's okay, but okay, but what if, guys? What if, like, if you were in the room? Then that, yeah, we could be doing that. It's like that's two minute process, right? But uh, right, email is it interesting. feels yeah, it it's, feels it's, weird it's, or whatever, yeah. right? When Megaran and I did Dewey Decibel, he came out. I was in New York at the time, and we for a week he stayed with me, and we went to the studio with Brad and our friend who engineered the vocals. Oh, cool. That was cool because it wasn't a million yeah. emails. The a million emails came <laughs> after from me to Megaran <laughs> and to our producer who uh, who eventually one of our mixing engineers. Well. Anyway, let's just say that he and I aren't probably going to work on any (laughs) future projects. But sometimes, sometimes you just have to stand up for like what you believe in artistically, even if it annoys people. And I think when you're paying them, you have the, we always work for free, but like when you hire someone, I always hope producers and engineers are down to do it till I'm happy. And if they're going to do that, I'll hire them again. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just important. Well, yeah. Um, and it's yeah. like you have like unreasonable notes. Like you don't want to change up the whole song. You don't, you just want levels differently. You want to drop a beat, maybe one's place or another. Like it doesn't, it's never seemed like, oh God, he's so unreasonable. Like when we did the grammar club song, you were like, Hey guys, this, I don't remember hearing the mix. Maybe I just forgot, but this mix I don't love. And I thought we did this other mix of this other version of the song. And that like was just the epitaph for like the other guys in the band to be like, actually, we also feel the same way about this and we just didn't want to say it. So I mean it's it's important. Like some people just don't have the goal to like get the ball rolling or we like don't want to upset someone. Wait, 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 what happened? What what was up with the remix? The remi- well, someone sh- did a yeah, remix. Yeah, Shell and- did the remix and I thought it was dope because you know, I just like Shell's music, I guess. And then uh but in the acoustic version that we did not the acoustic, but we had that acoustic guitar kind of riff in Gotta Let It Go and on the Grammar yeah. Club album and that was dope and everything, and but it didn't have the like I liked I like Shell's version, but uh, it had a lot of weird builds and a lot of weird sounds. But it also had a lot of weird builds and a lot of weird sounds. So maybe not as as dope as it could have been. But uh, uh, but yeah, so we just we just moved it on. They're like, hey, what what happened to the remix? It's still on the, Patreon. It's still the remix, whatever. Was we that just, a bonus track? No, we just we just threw the we threw that was always on Patreon. But uh, we we just did the. Um, we just did the, the, the version we did as the album version. We just kind of dumped the what we had as the version on the record and swapped it out when you were already happy with. Had you already printed physical copies? We didn't print no physical copies of the Grammar Club albums because none of us are going. I wasn't taking on that responsibility. So That's what's dope about TuneCore, too. They're so good at like, hey, can you replace this this wave? Hey, can you change everything about this? Like. And you keep your streaming numbers. That's I mean, dope. Tune, shout out to TuneCore. Shout out to TuneCore. Shout out to TuneCore. Shout um, out to Distro. Distro Kid does good things. They're great too. Kid. I like how Bandcamp is. Um, you can do extra stuff like with a PDF yeah. or like extra you can flavor. Do anything and like that's super dope. Like they'll throw in. They it's only gotten more expansive as they've gotten as they gone on and stuff. Like when we first put out Grown Up, Mustin had to like bust balls in and contact like to uh band camp people and figure out how to set up a pre-order with being able to get the orders for the first one and did it now it's just you click a button and it's like hey start the pre-order all right you ready to launch it it's go there you're, now you're good now that's sent out i love it and people who follow beefy get them yeah alert. that sends up Ooh. a lot of them too and, and band camp is all like hey just yeah. so you know this person bought it because of the email no big deal no big deal but the notifications got you the sale so that's why you give us that cut 
which I'm fine to give them. There's some bands I love who only use Bandcamp. Yeah. Askew everything else. I guess Bandcamp is a little less dangerous when it comes to samples. Man, we got a, I almost had some issue with Distro when we were putting this album out. I thought we made, this may have been an album that was going to come out tomorrow, if you know what I mean. But uh, it was, they, we did a remix of a Grammar Club song and they were like, hey, you can't have this remix on that belongs to another artist. And I'm all like, I just spend all day being like, how do I prove to you that I am the Grammar Club and that I'm an official Jeez. representative? And then the guy emails me back like, hey, dude, I don't even know why this did this. Apparently it was a weird thing, but we got it all set up. You're all approved. Thank you very much. So big shout out to DistroKid. What, which track? Is that the, the Robot The Robot S one? with Schaefer the Dark Lord is on our, con- right. our King Content album as the Grammar Club. And Tanner did a, a really dope oh. remix on it, made it all robotic, added my third verse into or my second verse into it, a, th- a third verse into the song. And uh, we, we wrap it all up with some more of the remix, the little speak and spell things tied in. So it's, it's really... Really, really clever little track that I like. I talk, I made a pun about Nirvana, and you went Northwest, right? Oh, oh. Kurt Cobain is a constant theme and person I talk about on this podcast as a metaphor for the shift from indie culture to mainstream culture, how it was Nirvana was kind of like the last frontier of underground American music, and how the intersection of addiction cable television hell all of that was this perfect storm for this brilliant short-lived career that ended quickly and i think you know all kurt wanted was to heal i've read like every biography i can about him and i'm not an expert but i love learning about him to heal the pain from his difficult family life in aberdeen you know what i mean and that really all he wanted to do was be home with his family and make the music he loved and i think if kurt were to like if he were alive and he were to see an artist like you or an artist like me who creates the music we want on our own terms and is able to be in a healthy relationship and able to do all these things, I think he'd be proud of how like the indie music culture found a home within like the machine of like being able to have your voice heard by everyone. And I think that's like a uplifting thing, you know, and talking to someone from the Northwest, wondering what was, what was it like as a kid with grunge blowing up? over the mountains in Washington and like, how did you feel about that whole movement? How do you like feel about what I just, I feel like that's very, I feel like that's very inspirational. I feel like you're right. I feel like that he got caught up in that. Like it's getting much bigger than, than he could. And he couldn't be with home with his family. And you know, he had his own, own demons and own mental health issues. But, but you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know if there's any like Northwest specific issue. I mean, cause like I was a kid, like when grunge was out, like when that was heavy, I was, I, I, were you a fan of nevermind? When I got older, but not at it's at the time, like I was more into like teenage mutant Ninja turtles than I was into nevermind or any Pearl jam or anything like that. How old I'm are you? 33 years old, 32 years old. One of those two. So you're four years younger than me. So you would have been six. Right. So I'm, I'm like, I was a young in, I wasn't really into music, into music to like, you know, middle school, whatever. So like it was, I, I was more familiar with, uh, with Weird Al Yankovic's cover songs of grunge music than I was with the, the actual artist at the time. So right. like in, in, so yeah, I didn't, that was my inroad also. Right. Yeah. Right? The smells and then, like so yeah, smells like Nirvana. Genius. Song. All the songs at the time were great. Like all the songs are, are great. Like Bad Hair Day, great album. We did. We wanted to do songs of that at our talent show and stuff. But like, we it, that was my arrows to a lot of it. So like, that was never a huge influence besides like the fashion of the day. Like there was a lot of flannel. I'm sure I had a flannel shirt or whatever and wore it in various interesting ways and you know grungy clothes or whatnot. I never had long hair, but you know the the styles of the time were uh, or were bustling. Uh, 
but you know, it was, it was never, I don't know. It was at my younger age. It was never that influential. And then at the time everything happened, I was like older and, uh, you know, you know, I was a freshman during nine, uh, yeah, uh, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird time. Like, you know, everything got, a, got weird as I got into high school, like the world changed with nine eleven and stuff. I was a freshman. And so it was like, things are like weird, but like before that, everything was real cool. And there's just no, I just, I just don't remember like grunge playing like a huge role in my, on this side of the mountains anyway, in my tiny little Tri-Cities yeah. nuclear power plant world. Were you proud of Macklemore's success? Were you like, yes. Or were you kind of like, I'm, uh, I have no connection. To I, this. Well, I don't have any connection to it, but. I'm hella proud of Macklemore. I think, I think Swift Shop yeah. is the dopest song. I think Downtown is dope. He shut down all the Spokane. He got no one gives love to Eastern Washington, Lars. And so I am a full-on supporter of anyone who wants to shut down a town I spent five years in and uh, wants to make a music video. He filmed it he filmed there. The, Part he of it filmed, there. Like the whole thing. Every all those scooters, all the the downtown was shut uh. down at the mall and at the riverfront because Macklemore was filming a video. And I was all right with that. I was cool right. with that. I was working 20,000 hours a day, so I, I couldn't be into, like, the, the audience thing or part of that. They shut it down because I had this whole thing where then the street and, like, the cameras zooming in. The streets are empty except for them. And it's like, that's the mall. Like, they shut down all these businesses just for this Macklemore right, video. But right, I thought it turned right. out cool. But, uh, no, I'm a big fan of his. I think he should get all the success, man. I think we're nostalgic for Nirvana, or I am, because it's was a it was a finite moment. And in a similar way... I'm nostalgic about nerdcore, yeah. but none of us, well, not all, we've lost people, but you know, we're still going. Yeah, we have. Shout out to those people we lost, man. Gigahertz, rest in peace. Poor Giggy, dude. Yeah. Were you friends with him? You know, I've, 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 I was lucky enough to get to see Gigahertz at several of the Seattle shows I would do. Like, he'd open up, he would be in the shows of the audience, just having time of his life or whatever, like at the Optimus Rhyme shows and stuff like that. Like, he was, you know, he'd be in the scene in Seattle and, and come to the shows and stuff. And, he had, we did one of those nerdcore things after PAX one year. And we, you know, before we learned that you don't do, you don't do a show after PAX, right? Because that's when everyone leaves. Um, but, uh, but he was one of the opener guys and he had like, he was dope. Like I thought he was cool. Like he had this whole little shtick. He had, he had He's like dope. good rhythm and flow versus some of the other people we would work with who only had like a couple songs Had a catchy like barrel roll song. So yeah, but I mean, I wasn't like, we weren't best friends or nothing, but you know, he would come out and he would have a good time and yeah, man. He did the digital prankster album. I don't know if you ever saw that. He goes, MC Lars has paved the way. Laptop rap is here to stay. Gigahertz. Gigahertz. MC Gigahertz is rocking the mic. I was like, oh, whoa, this is a new generation. And I was like very flattered by it. And he was always real cool. I hope people who are hearing this podcast who maybe don't know about Gigahertz will like look yeah. him up. You know, I think that would be a cool. Keep his music going because like it's so weird when someone younger than you moves on because their chapter is is so short and i don't know we don't even end on a sad note but like that's the cool thing about our music it lasts that's forever, right man. baby no matter what you do you can be like coco you just live on forever people remember you put you on a ofrenda it'll be it'll be great but do you mean coco the gorilla no i mean like coco the disney or pixar animated film oh right right <laughs> My uh, Coco, right, right, right. Yeah, but you know Coco the gorilla. Rest Coco in peace. died. I didn't know. Wasn't that the painting gorilla? Coco was that not the <laughs> Coco was the the sign language sign language gorilla. gorilla. That's on me. ASL gorilla. I got you or GSL. Yeah, I don't know up. if it's gorilla that's sign language. Up. It might be GSL. <laughs> Shout out to Coco. JSL. Shout out to JSL to to GSL <laughs> and to uh, to ASL and all the other SLs out there. Beefy ASL ASL check. <laughs> <laughs>
14 Florida. Forget. Oh, I can't remember. 14. <laughs> what was it? God, dude. Those were the grossest ones, man. That was just the weirdest times. Yeah, no thanks. I didn't know. I was so young. I did not know that adults could just lie. I just assumed everyone was like, I'm like, I'm I'm 16. Oh, male. W.A. Man, dude. That was back horrible. in the day. Where do you like people to follow you? You're on Instagram. You're on Twitter. I mean, Facebook. They can Bandcamp. follow me anyway. They got Twitter. I'm at beefiness with a Y in the middle there. Uh, on Twitter, I mean, I'm on Instagram. If you like, if you like to look at pictures of my kids, you can go on Instagram at beefiness. Basically, you put at beefiness in places, and you'll probably find me. How did like so many of us get verified on Twitter? I have no like, idea. In the beginning, I have no idea. Right? So when weird. I got my little blue check mark, I saw I saw Billy the Fridge got one, and I was like, wait, what? You can just like get these like people I know. I thought it was just for like you know Obama and them. So. Yeah. I, I submit like I did mine back when you could request it. So I just sent like an email or a little prompt. It was like, hey, why do you think you should have a blue check mark? And I was like, um, beefy people might try to be me. I don't know. And sure enough, shit, got a blue little check mark. I was like, I don't know what I do with this. I don't know what this means, but I like it and I like feeling special. You think you were one of the first. I got mine because I I was there was MC Lars and, M, and it was inactive and there's MC underscore Lars. And uh, I had a friend who had a friend who worked at Twitter. So that's well, what happened. Maybe they but, just looked at the fact I yeah. was on it for a while because Doc Pop, like back in 08 or 07 or whatever, like he got he got a lot of us hooked up on it. Because, you know, he's from San Francisco. He knows all the nerds. He's yeah. like all into that. He was on Twitter like back when it was just like he was sending just text messages to your phone straight up. So I had to like right, mute right, a lot right. of people. But, but yeah, man, I think that's been around for a while. So I'm wondering if it was like maybe just like, well, he's been around for a bit. You know what? Let's 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 throw Beefy a bone. Let's give him a blue check mark. See what he does with it. Yeah. Do you um? Are you verified on Instagram? I don't think so. I don't think I think I have enough followers to necessitate it. I'm not. I'm not either. But friend a lot. I saw like like very recently just got verified Ooh-hoo! on Instagram. Way to go front. Shout out to him. So you can like request it, and I've done that many times. <laughs> You need a documentary about that's, you. To get that's probably what it was. They probably watched Nerdcore for Life and they were like, hey, this is beefy. He needs a blue check mark. We They saw Nerdcore rising. Yeah. They're like, Frontline needs Lowen. Where's where's your where's your documentary coming, Lars? I assume this has been a decade <laughs> in the making that you've been filming things suddenly here for the last decade. I don't know if you knew I was filming this interview. So the whole documentary is just the Ooh, video company. I like it. And we're going to go to like, we're going to cut away to clips of your various exploits. I like it. If y'all have ideas for what Beefy and I should call our collab retrospective Ooh. album, tw- tweet at both of us yeah. and and we'll pick one. And Ooh. if you if we pick if we pick your name, you are going to get we're gonna forty shirts. No, no, <laughs> we'll no. You'll get a shout. Would you? We'll shout you out in one of the new songs we make. No, That'll be your thing. Yeah, that's it. If if you give our title, I'll do like an outro where like I explain how we got actually let's do the outro right now and we'll just use it on the uh, track okay so imagine there's a beat behind us yeah thank you ladies and gentlemen this is our collaborative album for joining our sweet collaboration we just made you an album baby i hope you love it and we want to thank insert name here insert name here for giving us the title of our album insert album title here Dopest record in America. With a title like, insert album title here. You know it's going to be great. You know it's good. You know this is the Dapus album. Insert album title here. Blowing down 2000 whatever. You could not go wrong. We want to say, watch out, Billy Eilish. We want to say, watch out, Little Nas X, because there's a new number one album on the charts. It's called, insert album title here. Ooh, ooh.
Yeah, you're on like the, the the good ones I try to put up on like Spotify and stuff. The ones that like I, we try on and it's not just like me doing a weird mix of the beat I found. Um, yeah, you're on all the good ones. I want I want good people on my album. So people are all like, oh, well, he must be cool because he has Lars and he's got Megaran. And he's got Schaefer on his album. And like, I, I'm sure if I asked Front, he'd be down. But I'm always too I'm always too afraid. You so. never had Front on your record? I don't think I've ever had Front on one of my records. I don't he loves you. I don't have a good enough song. This is going to sound rude to like you and ran everyone who was on my album, but I feel like all my songs was like, no, this isn't good enough for front. I need something smarter. I need, I need to be, I need, I need to do, I need something better. I just, I don't, uh. yeah, that's how I feel about it. I just like front a lot so much though. He was like my, him and Chris are like the only two reasons I got into it in the first place. So it's like, you have that, even though we've hung out with him and he's a cool guy and he's super sweet and he's like a down to earth normal guy. Uh, I just think he's, I just, I just can't get that image out of my head of him being like this, you know, really, really cool guy. Really, really impressive and entertaining. And I'm really intimidated by him. Yeah. Well, t- yeah. I mean, he's tight. He's tight. I don't think that, I don't think that him being on your record would be a disservice to him if it's not a like platonically perfect ideal track. Right. I think it could be dope. I don't think you should be scared. I think you should be on too big to fail three i don't know i don't i'm not his manager i'm just saying like he likes you man he speaks very highly of you constantly i don't think it's a a case of him like oh this isn't like i don't feel like it's him gonna reject me i just want to like i want you want i want to impress him like i want to get somebody like oh snap beefy you are great he did a he did a a track with us for grammar club he did a a song called plastic submarine with him oh and i feel bad because all right all right all right i feel like i was so intimidated that i just my stuff my 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 entire part was gibberish like i don't even know he had to ask like what is this song about and i was like ah god i don't i don't really I'll be honest with you, Bob. I don't. It's a submarine in there somewhere. So the new album is out today. You're gonna do any shows? Like, are you opening for them when they come through? You know, front of Latin M or nah? No, 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 no. I'm not doing up. any of that. I uh, I might do a show in the Tri Cities. So you know, we have this little spot called Adventures Underground that I got a buddy owns the place. So we may we may do a little show, little little hometown situation for my my hometown people. But uh, yeah, I I I ain't gotta. I mean, mm, eh. Nah, probably no shows. Probably no shows. Uh, you know, maybe next time. If I do, it'll probably be you know in Seattle. So we'll do something. We'll do something cool. What's up with the videos? You doing any videos? Uh, no, man. Until my kids figure out how to use, you know, Premiere, <laughs> and then I can excuse them to start. Hey, now film me doing this thing, and they'll be like, "But I want to do my own project." I'm like, "It's about Daddy's time. Daddy's time." What are you? Are uh, you so on? What's plan. your YouTube channel? Uh, it should be like beefy or beefiness or ultimate beefy. Oh, here we or, go. I don't know. People find here we it. Go. Beefy find it on there somewhere. It's like C slash beefy. I, I'm, I'm already, slash I'm already slash subscribed, beefy. dog. Of course you're subscribed. So, you're a good. So human. you got videos. Person. All right, you got an announcement about the revival. We got some. Yeah, we made a little thing about the revival. Um, we did some. I mean, we've made, let's see, we did a video for Join My Guild, which people were like, make fun of. So, I don't like to make videos, man. <laughs> people just get salty. People, people, I don't know. I like to put myself out there like that. So, uh, yeah, that's really, the thing. I think a lot of, you talking YouTube, to me like, stuff, I, I think a like lot it. of nerdcore people es- eschewed YouTube and were like, I'm not trying to, yeah. like, MC Chris, I, someone who was like, I'm, I've got my cartoons. I don't need videos. And then the Watskis and the Mac Lethals took mm-hmm. over, and that's tight. Yeah. That's tight for them. I feel like they got that confidence. I don't need anyone to see my body. I don't like those kind of comments. So I just I stick People on my uh, I just stick to my head. Yeah, I just I'm all I'm all about you hearing me in your ears. 
like this is not a visual podcast so we have uh, you know people can jam out to my voice and my sweet docile tones without being like yeah it's weird how you jiggle in that third minute and i'm like all right okay that's last time i do full body shots and that'll be the last time grouch says i'm in your earphones let me make this clear holmes it's a great rhyme (laughs) let's end we're both gonna do a little eight bar freestyle I give you a topic, you give me one. That's what's up. Acapella. I've never done this on the podcast. Uh, I got a topic for you. But you know, I'm not, you know, you know, I'm one of those rappers that doesn't freestyle, right? Like, I'm well, you're not, about to be one, one of those rappers that does on the MCLR's podcast. Your album's out today. Album's out today. Silver Surfer. Okay. That's your topic. Okay. Uh, Silver Surfer coming down on his light board. Everybody thinking that they... Oh, I got nothing. Hold up. That's not how I rap. Uh, uh, silver, silver, the greatest silverest guy in the world. I hear that Keanu Reeves is going to be him, and then I'll be really thrilled. Uh, if Galactus is coming, then you know he'll uh. be there. Uh, I used to have silver, silver on my underwear because I go way back, like back in the 60s, whenever they created him. I hope that no one listens to this. Let's end it. Good job. Good job, Beefy. Good job. That was good. good. Is me. Keanu Reeves? You know that what? was ill. I'm a really good rapper. Is Keanu Reeves going to play him? I should, uh, I should become a freestyle rapper now. That's the, No, there's always rumors about who's, uh, who's going to play who. That Fantastic Four meets the Silver Surfer was like a bomb of a movie, wasn't it? It was, but you know what? Silver Surfer, Surfer, Silver Surfer uh-huh. was the dopest bit right. about that movie. He looked great for the, when that movie came out. It was, it was good. His parts were great, yeah. that I thought. Bring back Silver Surfer. You got a topic for me? All right, man. I want you to talk about collectible card games. Collectible card games. You know, they're insane. I got Magic the Gathering and it's all up in my brain. I think about Yu-Gi-Oh! Is, did I say it right? Because I get with my homies, I play card games every night. Dark Lotus, Black Lotus from Front of Last Band. He likes Magic the Gathering. You know that's a plan. <laughs> Dark Lotus is an ICP twisted super group with Blaze Your Dead Homie and Mars. You know it's true, but Mars left the group and ABK replaced his part. So there's two versions of that first record. I love it in my heart. The Dark Lotus Tales from the Lotus Pod. <laughs> Get that record bumping up because you know it's not odd because they got songs like Headache that I interpolated for Super Scope. Did you know the song Super Scope, the chorus is based on an ICP song? I don't know a lot of ICP songs. You could have had a lot of ICP references in there. Yeah. And unless it was about cutting chickens' heads off, I probably wouldn't have been aware. <laughs> I think ICP probably do well in Eastern Washington. They probably do real well in Eastern Washington, unfortunately. <laughs> but parts of Eastern Washington that I'm not. They're having this, like, they're supposed to have this big, like, clan rally or something. Like, what? politicians is insane and racist. Like, I don't know what's happening in Eastern Washington. East Side is good up. with we need, What's we good need with help. the state of Jefferson? Does that expand to your part of Washington? It's mainly northern california southern oregon have you heard about that movement okay it's this idea i've just this summer i was spending time like in northern california there's this idea that southern oregon and northern california are so far from like salem and sacramento that the rural community isn't represented with taxation and everything so they want to succeed and make the 51st state i have a song about this on patreon and but the thing is here's the thing with cat with the fires and everything you're going to want the infrastructure of la and san francisco sending money and resources putting out those thousand acre blazes exactly like you still get the benefits of being part of the biggest right. economy ever like there's a they want to do the same thing with like eastern washington because like eastern washington historically very conservative very red in the voting blah, blah, blah. but there's so many more people in seattle and olympia and tacoma right. that you know it drowns a lot of their things so they can't be you know they can't push their weird unempathetic agenda on anyone so that's, you know, they always threaten doing that on over here, too. They just want to cut by the Cascades and be like this other state on the right half and the 
West half can have their so own thing, to, but for I'm that, that to happen, you'd need like Congress and the state and the communities to all vote on it. So it's very hard to see that didn't do too well for a certain part of the country. Yeah. If we look at the history of people who've tried or groups that have tried to, they succeed, did not succeed. They don't right. succeed. Hey, we did it. In the anyone, oh, oh, oh. Keith, do people call you Keith or do I just Yo. do that throughout this podcast? Do people know you're Keith? I think you're the only one that like calls me legit Keith, like that I know through nerdcore. Cause I, I know I've introduced myself as beefy, but you're the only one that's really called me Keith all the time. Uh, and I don't begrudge you for it. And I love you for it. Everyone else calls me beef. My, my wife calls me beefy. My kids what? call me beefy. Well, Layla calls me, Layla calls me beefy. Ollie calls me dad. She wants to call me beefy though. Like she hears her sister call me beefy. And so she wants to call me beefy. And so we say, uh, you can't do that. And she said, it wasn't me. It was my Barbie. You see. So it's a, uh, it's a really weird thing to be beefy you, at home, but yeah, you're the only one. You know, Keith. So the people in their core who call me Andrew, I'll give you, it's a very short list. You ready? Damien, mm. Mm. Mark, uh, Ben Garby. <laughs> the fact you call him Ben Garby is good too. Ben. I just call him Ben. I don't even know. His, I forget his last weird name. Weird Al calls time. me Andrew. He always makes a point. That's kind of cool. Ashley calls me <laughs> Lars sometimes, which is funny. Like, hey, she? Lars, come on. You got to do the, do the dishes, Lars. But it's like a personal thing. When someone calls me Andrew and I don't know them, or if I get an email from someone I don't know, hey, Andrew, I'm like, oh, you don't know me like that. Slow your roll. Oh, don't use my government don't name. Don't call me Andrew if come I don't know you. And that's the thing. Like, it's talking about the suit. This is a, we, this is, we, we're, <laughs> we're up in two hours on the podcast, but I'm just saying, do you, Oops. if someone emails you, hey, Keith, will you do a verse for me? You're like, ugh, call me beefy. Oh, if it's if someone's saying, "Hey, Keith," it's like that's that's the government calling. That's that's debt collector. That's someone who got my information from some bullony. Because uh, yeah, I don't put Keith on nothing. I'm Beef Thompson on any form I can fill out. That's not like my paycheck, whatever. Really? So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm beefy on everything, man. I prefer beefy. It's easier. My wife, like I said, everyone calls me beefy. Uh, my mom calls me beef, or she calls me Miho. But you know, yeah, everyone you calls put me down beefy. a song. My mama um, calls me Miho. Hell yeah. Mama called me Miho. Uh, yeah, man, beef. It's, it's just if it, someone puts Keith, like they don't know at all. Like they just they got my information from Wikipedia or something. Or my, so I or should stop LinkedIn calling you Keith. You don't have to stop calling me Keith. I I embrace you calling me whatever you feel comfortable with calling me because I'll take anything. You know, um, I uh, I I call everybody. I'm a big nickname guy in general, so you I call, call me Lars. Nickname, you never so call I will me probably. Andrew. I hope I don't you get an you Andrew pass though. I I. I feel like I get an Andrew pass, but I'll probably still call you Lars because around the house, that's how we Lars. refer to you. And so we refer to front. We call front a lot front. I, I know his name is Damien. I've known his name is Damien for over the a only, decade. The only one He's of us introduced himself whose real as name is his rap name is Chris. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, well, Schaefer, but he's Mark. Schaefer's the other one. So. Well, he's Mark, but his last name is Schaefer, so I can always assume that I'm calling him like it's a baseball team, and I'm be like, You're "Hey, Schaefer, get out there! Let's go hit some." You know, a rapper who I who I rubbed the wrong way by calling him his government name because a friend of his, I thought, told me that she called him this. P.O.S. She called him Stefan when she was talking about how she, she gave him my email, and I'd met him at South by Southwest. So I did a song called MC Lars knows a lot of people. I have a line: P.O.S. Stefan, he's down with me, and every time P.O.S. Meet someone who knows me. He quotes that line back to them, and he talks about how he does not appreciate. It. He said that to Megaran. I think he said that to Cuckoo Kangaroo. He's he's always reminding people that Lars doesn't know him like that. And so I I want to publicly Ooh. say P O S P 
people call you Steph. No one calls you Stefan. I shouldn't have put that in the song. I was quoting a friend of mine who I thought, and also this, it was a reference to Karis one. I was like, he's down with me. And he's like, I don't know Lars's music. I, what's it? Anyway, I'd met him once. So I regret that. So POS, if you're listening or if this gets to you, I think you're amazing and you're not Stefan. So not to me, Mm-mm. not to me. Just step, not to me. We don't know you like that. We hope we can, we can know you like that someday. But that day is not there. This Hopefully is I can audition first. for that role. That's the name of one of his projects. So POS is great. So <laughs> new record, Too Big to Fail Part 2. This podcast is too long to edit. <laughs> Very too long to edit. If you want a free beefy shirt, just pre-order this. <laughs> wait, time wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to get one of my personal collection, one of my 1,000 XL t-shirts. You end up doing that one. So it'll be all right. It'll be good. What's your favorite? Beefy, I didn't ask you this. What's your favorite movie? Boy, oh boy, dude, that's a that's a tough one to just drop on a. What do you want to know mine? Person, what's your favorite movie? Who framed Roger Rabbit? R.P. Richard Williams. Well, R.P. Man, yeah, dude. Of course, that's that's a that's the jam. That's a good movie too. But that's that guy was a genius. We talked about it, but like that, I like I like watching. They've done a few like back behind the scene things, like a few video breakdowns of like some of the stuff that they got innovated and what they did on that video on that movie. Like make it look like these animated things are interacting and the things that they work right. so hard Bump on, the lamp, so you would just right? barely notice Bump that someone's on the lamp. Yeah, exactly. You know, I exactly. love that movie so, so much. I even get to the point where I'm like mad if someone tells me it's not their favorite movie. This comedian tweeted that it could be the greatest movie of all time, and Ashley tweeted. Some people agree and posted a link to my Roger Rabbit album. I was like, wow. Everyone should yeah. agree with this person. Like, if you don't agree, I'm like mad at you. But I'm not mad at you if you don't agree right now. No, I, 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 cause I don't man, know you I, like that. Honestly, my favorite movie probably is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like the original one. Like I've seen that. I like it every time. I'll watch it every time it's on TV. But who fan Roger Rabbit? I just, I have so many, cause again, I'm four years younger than you. So I was a little younger when it came out. Judge Doom is scary. I remember being terrified of Judge When I talked oh. just oh. like this. And the shoe. And he dips that poor cartoon. Oh, dude, I can't. No, blew my You mind. know who did the voice of the shoe going into the dip? Was her first role, Nancy, Nancy Cartwright, Bart Simpson. Bro, was Lee Bart, Bart Simpson, right? Or is that Bart Simpson's voice? That's her first role. The shoe. That's crazy with that very high, the squeaky shoe. That well, she is so influential on my life then, and just her voice apparently because I had nightmares about Judge Doom. Like I don't have nightmares. I don't remember dreams when I was a kid. I didn't have nightmares, but that scared the bejeebus out of me growing up. Well, that's up. the thing. It's like cartoons you think live forever, and it's this idea that. This is true evil. This cute shoe, just to yeah. demonstrate his authoritarian might. And then when he gets the and his eyes, dude, like that movie was a trip. Like that was rough. And I remember loving the intro video with Herman and the Bugs Bunny, like that that Bugs Bunny with Roger Rabbit. That how it you know how that starts out was just like yeah. your that was a cartoon yeah. for a little kid. That was great. That was a that was a merry melody. But, uh, but then it pans out like how, and it's. And it gets much more grown up and it gets all noir. It's super Yeah, dope. you know what's so amazing? That's up there for that sure. That intro with the um, tile floor with the checkers, you know, when it's, when especially the scene where he gets the vacuum yeah. cleaner, that is hard to animate. A grid by hand, no CGI. It stays. And that was Richard yeah. Williams and a lot of his other works was like a, a theme of his, like the Pink Panther introduction stuff. And his he did a movie based on Arabian Nights that had a lot of that visual. I could talk about that movie all day, but. I don't know why I asked you what your favorite movie was because I'm curious. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. You know the band Veruca Salt? Yeah. No, no, but I, it's a dope name for a band. They, they're named after Veruca Salt from Charlie and Chocolate That's Factory. That's what's up. Did you ever read? That's did you ever read Charlie and the 
Great Glass Elevator. Uh-uh, I was not much of a reader. I'm still not great at it. So uh, I don't, I don't, I have not yeah, read it. was a it. sequel. Which is weird to say someone to someone. Yeah, there's like a whole sequel situation and like it gets weird, right? Yeah. Well, I guess the first one was weird, but like it gets interesting, I guess. Where does the Johnny Depp one miss the mark? Just by not being the original man. I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. Like I didn't love it, so I didn't really care too much for yeah. it i just had that like i just had that thing with the the first one i love uh, gene wilder i love the the kids in there i love the little tv mic you know just like all these like stupid little characters and these little the songs that just stuck with me forever i just uh really good Oompa, loompa, dun, 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 dun. did you or right, the world of all imagination come with me those songs are ill it's so ill. Like, they're so good. Even the part where it's like, it's the creepy part when they're in the, There's uh, the no train. There's no knowing. Man, they're going in the... Yeah, it's it's so good. And it's like, boom, we're here. Yeah, and it's all good. Everything's fine. Were you ever a fan of Marilyn Manson? I mean... Nah, I mean, I like I like the... Like, you hear it... When I hear it out uh, in isolation without the video, like, I thought it was really cool, but the visuals always scared me. And I was just always like, this is too much. Like, I'm not... Like, this is not a scene I'm into, so I don't know if this is for me. I feel weird. Portrait of American Family, which was his Interscope Nothing Records debut. The intro is is basically him reading the, there's no knowing where we're going as it leads into it. It's very creepy and very effective. Oh, and should steal that. A lot of Marilyn Manson's aesthetics is like a dark Dr. Seuss Willy Wonka, especially the first records. Anyway, that's what's up. Thought I'd say that. <laughs> That's a good segue, Lars. You're good at this podcasting thing, man. You're <laughs> Thank good at you. This. I think it's fun. I like doing the podcast where I know the people and I've like had history with them versus like, so you wrote a book? Oh, well, those are fun, but well, I can't be yeah. like. You don't got the, the, the little tangent you can get on there with, uh, you know, some some rando. I'm not rando, but I'm sure you have amazing guests, but you're not personal fans of or friends, friends with. No, this has been one of my favorites, and I'll tell you why, for three reasons. Number one, your record actually came out today on the day the boom, podcast boom. aired. That never, never happens. happens. Never happens. Number two, I haven't seen you for a while. Good to see you, bud. And number three, you're beefy. You're a freaking legend. Beefy. You're a legend, beefy. Thompson. <laughs> Feels good, baby. Feels good to be me every day. I wish everyone could do Congrats it. Congrats on the new record. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Congrats <laughs> on Dude Decibel. I was seeing you guys doing all kinds of crazy press and doing all kinds of links, getting all kinds of stuff out there. I really, really thought it was cool. You guys did a million videos. So those of you who are new to Beefy, be sure to get his whole discography. But I doubt any of you are new to Beefy because if you are aware of my music, I hope that you've been following Beefy for as long, if not longer, because our careers are very like two adjacent lines in terms of chronology. I uh, I feel like if they're this deep into the podcast, if you're not editing it at all, like they're definitely aware of me and they they have to be <laughs> diehard at this point. So... Uh, but no, if they are, I appreciate you. And I thank you guys if you guys check out the album. And uh, I guess hope you like it, man. I just hope you like it. Beefy.bandcamp.com. Go check and it out. And if you email Beefy, he'll PayPal you a grand. No, I'm just kidding. That's how I'll do it. I'll just got grands. Stacks on stacks I'm going to send to everyone. This isn't liable, right? This doesn't count for the world, right? This isn't a contract. Beefiness at... <laughs> Ten grand for the first four people who... Four people use the product code. Give me ten grand. You'll get every <laughs> enter into a drawing. When Whitey Cracker would play like the nerd con nerdcore conventions, and he'd just go on stage and he'd throw, throw out like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Just into the audience is like ten people. Yeah. And they're like, Are we allowed to pick this up? It's like this is a prop? Like, I don't want to <laughs> offend him like <laughs>
Dude, I don't know what he was doing. I was like, <laughs> one show he speed through five grand in the audience just during a show. He was throwing champagne. I was an underage at the first show I ever did, and he was there, and he was just pouring champagne. They, I, I had to leave because, like, hey, you got to ex- No, he's. they're doing some wild stuff. You got to go now. I was like, come on, Whitey. Stop living the best life. Yeah, Whitey Cracker. Stop living your best life. We should. You know what we should do? One of our songs for our album, your album name here, Should we should get Bryce on there. I, if he'll do it. Yep, yeah. If he'll do it. He's a busy man. I haven't. I haven't gotten him on a thing in a while. He's just been busy. Guy. He's busy, but I'm just saying, like, if it were ill. It would be ill. It would absolutely be ill if we can get him on there. 100%. Bryce, do it, bud. Come on. I saw him at uh, Anime Con, Anime Midwest, a few weeks ago. How was that? Yeah, I was tight, except that I had E. coli and I had <gasps> diarrhea for a month. Oh, for a month? <laughs> yeah, Ashley's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you in the hospital? <laughs> I think I ate a rotten, I ate a rotten cucumber. And I was had a sublet in Philly because I was supposed to be doing some stuff with Rodney from the Dead Milkman. And I was just, not to get too graphic, let's just say the fireworks on 4th of July were not just over the Philadelphia Arts Museum. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it was also in let's, the Marriott Hotel bathroom and just doing its thing. Yeah, and then I flew to Chicago. And so anyway, uh, when I saw Whitey Cracker, it was great, except for the E. coli. Have you ever had E. coli? I nah, I don't think so. Never, no, no, sir. I don't recommend it. Don't eat rotten cucumbers. I won't. You know what? Just to be on the safe side, I won't eat any cucumbers. Just to just to keep ahead of the game. I've taste aversion now. When I have a cucumber in my salad, I have to pull it out because I bet it was rotten in the fridge. Yeah, my brother does the same thing with the meatball subs. He got it from Subway one time. I got puke all over me, and he won't eat them anymore. So I don't want them either now. Maybe that's good. That's good. Yeah, I feel that's for the best. I'll eat a pickle, but I'm still in a pickle because it was one of those things where I was like, it was rotten in the fridge. I'm like, I got to use this cucumber. I cut it up and made like a tofu no. thing. Yeah. I was like, you ate it still raw? Like you didn't cook it up or nothing I, either? No, I, I fried it up with tofu and kale. And Ashley mm. was like, she's, you know, sometimes she doesn't like when I experiment with cooking. So she was smart not to share it with me. You know, smart girl. See, that's, you got to get a smart one. She's less reckless with like eating whatever. And I think it's like if if something's rotten in the fridge and if it's like a vegetable, you don't want to put it in your stomach, man. That's smart. That's just wise decision making. I got a coworker though that is like, hey, if something's close to the expiration date, you throw that in a slow cooker. I mean, that's gonna cook it away, right? <laughs> so uh, you know, there's I feel like there's two versions of it. How close are we talking? Before or after? I feel like the expiration date is an exception. Is it a suggestion? You know what I mean? Like, it's a suggestion on there. Like, if we don't put this on there, you can sue you us. You feel but, that way? I mean, there's some things. Like, you know, there's some things that have obvious gross. I won't touch it. Like, and the fruit gets weird and gross. Nah, nah, dog. I ain't about that life. Like, we just buy more fruit. I'm rich. What no problem. That cucumber, like, had hair on it. Mm, Lars. I was so see, dumb. That was not, yeah. That was not. I was destined fate. That was not your best decision, but. <laughs> no. You know what? You learn to live another day, and uh, you, you live to learn another day. So, you, you know, know, I thought I was lactose intolerant after that because I was, and I was like, nope, I'm rotten cucumber intolerant. That'll do it. That'll do it. Like uh, probably a hundred percent of the time. I'm not a doctor or a statistician. I was at Martha's Vineyard and for vacation and I was just, it wasn't going away. So I had to go to the emergency room and get hooked to the IV. No, get, <laughs> no, it was not good. Yeah, it was not good. So it was quite a summer. So I'm no longer. I, so you're no longer a cucumber <laughs> eater. No longer. But I am a Beep Thompson fan. And. Oh, man. As you should be. As all people should be. 
Thank you for doing this. We just do it more often, just in time. You know what? Just come to Eastern Washington. Completely get out of your way. Just get way, way out of your way off of uh, 395 and I-5. And just come over to Eastern Washington. Do absolute nothing because we have nothing much to do here. And just hang out at my house for a while until I have to go to work or hang out with my kids. It'll be easy peasy and you'll love it. <laughs> well, you can hang out with my kids. The Tri-Cities are Pasco, Walla Walla, and... Uh, we're close. Walla Walla is about an hour away south. Uh, it's tri it, tri cities is Kennewick, uh, Pasco, and Richland. And you said there's a nuclear power plant there. There's a decommissioned nuclear power facility, uh, nuclear testing facility. I can't remember what it does. I don't uh-huh. think it provides any power. It's literally been in cleanup mode my entire life, and it will likely still be in cleanup mode well after I'm dead. Probably. Why did they it. decommission it? They was set up during like World War Two, so it was just something like, "Hey, we're a facility that's producing nuclear chemicals. Now we're not doing that anymore. But now we're effectively doing a cleanup effort." So like they basically like move dirt from one place to another, and they still uh-huh. have rods. I don't know what they do, man. I got a lot of information for Wikipedia, but it's like the backbone of our economy. Working on the decommissioning of it. Working in the the Hanford area and all of their subcontractors that work in that area is like. Everyone in my family was worked there at least at one point or worked in conjunction with them. So, uh, is there fear of radiation? Yeah, John Oliver did a whole, you know, last week or to, like last week tonight about it. And it's like, yeah, there's like, yeah, yeah, I did a song. One of the songs, of the new album's called Atomic City, where we kind of go into like how stupid it is for me to probably raise children here. But I mean, I don't know if there's any more better. But uh, yeah, there's fears. There's people that get uh, some sicknesses and, you know, probably in the river and everything like that. So knock on wood. None of my family have had it so far, but you never know. You never know. Do you think Matt Groening's whole Homer Simpson thing is like because he's from the Pacific Northwest and it's like a reference to that or no? Are there ones in Oregon? You know, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a few in Oregon, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he was very much influenced being in Washington when that thing was coming up and or like some of the fears that had there because yeah. he went to school in Olympia yeah, and he was a, you know, Homer's, I don't know how many nuclear facilities, if any of them are on the left side. So maybe I could brush up, but I would not be surprised if some dumb Tricidian was uh, the basis for Homer because he's loving and he got love a lot. He got love, a lot of love in his heart, but he don't got a lot of smarts in his dome. <laughs> But let's tight. Well, now we know about the Tri Cities. Thanks for schooling us. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Come visit me. All right, I'll talk to you soon, Beefy. I right, do. Love you so much. Talk to you later, Lars. Love you. Peace. In my trunk, it tastes like candy canes. I brush my teeth with that yeah. junk. It cured my ADD when playing DD. I tried to make Mr. Boston accept GP. It's like I got VD, a firewire disease. I got to USB, some fucked up into me. Take a shower, bring the bottle down south. Disinfect my wounds, and I wash out my mouth. Ouch, Ouch. who moved the couch? And how did MC Router get inside my house? The notion for keeping the nerdy in motion. Peppermint schnapps and slogan and potion. For keeping the nerdy in motion Peppermint schnapps and slow gin Mint potion but notion To keep the nerds in motion Peppermint schnapps and slow gin Mint potion What keep the devil deep down in the ocean Peppermint schnapps and slow gin Mint potion Sipping on a drink that makes me feel Like some sort of $100 bill Clear and minty It's how we chill Get a whole case Cause I gotta get my fill After a few I reach blurry motion Sippin' on that least stuff we call a man's potion Coating my insides like tanning lotion Pass it over here, I'm giving you the notion So now I'm 
Shell starts flirting and holding my hand Excuse me, Shell, but we are just pals I don't wanna sex you up, find another gal So that's what I told that boy and walked away And just before he thought he had something to say Slam! He was up against the wall I said, how y'all are in my Texas straw? He said, what the fuck is this, a fucking nerdcore hex? No, Shell, baby, it's surprise sex Some more mint potion and maybe some sleep Hope I don't wake up in between Shell and BP Support down my mouth till I die without warning Liver overloaded but I'll wake up the next morning Respawn, no morning breath Cause I sit on mint potion, it's how I stay fresh Pop my alcohol cherry with a shot of the mint stuff Added slow gin and I was ready to get crunk The schnapps might as well have called the phoenix down Cause when I was feeling low it stood me right off the ground Making beefy feel like he has style and grace First shot, Christmas parties were inside of my face Made my head start to shrink and I couldn't even think of all the other good stuff that I could add to this drink Oh dear, I think that I might be going down Take the bottle from my hand and just pass it around Profound, now you understand the devotion that Triforce has for this drink mint potion That was a rare deep cut Beefy, Shale Riley and MC Ryder. Ooh, so good. Beefy, that was a great interview. You inspire me. I love your positivity. I love everything about it. And now it's time for the Patreon. The Patreon. Fan, fan of, the, of week. the week. So this message comes from a fan in Brooklyn. And uh, I thought I recognized the voice, but listen for yourself. Hi, um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And the first time... I met MC Lars was at South by Southwest in 2015, and it was a really fun concert, and it was really fun playing the concert uh, with him, and yeah, getting to spend the last four years together has also been really fun, and uh, now we've been married one year, so cool, and uh, everybody enjoy the podcast. You know who that was? That was my wife. Ashley surprised me. She's on Patreon supporting because she's so awesome. She called in and left that sneaky little message. She was like, hey, did you get any new messages this weekend? I was like, oh, I didn't check. And that's the one she left. So in addition to this podcast being a year old, a year ago this weekend, a year ago yesterday, I got married. So it's our one year anniversary. So I love you, Ashley. Thanks for calling in. And I love you guys in a different way, of course, for your support. But thank you so much. And guess what? Next week's guest is a surprise. I'm not going to tell you now. You have to tune in to listen. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Beefy. Thanks, Ashley. And we'll see you all next week. All right, take care.